welcome to Trinity Stroke Monkey Broadcasting. I am one of your hosts, Colleen Carney Hefner. I am another one of your hosts, Chris Pruitt. Matt Carrero, producer of the show. And we have a special guest today. Um, we have one of our singular fans. Um, <laughs> I'm going to read a little intro and then you can introduce yourself. Hub is a fiction writer with an MFA from Antioch, Los Angeles, a journalist chronicling pop culture counterculture and cult favorites whose work has appeared in meow meow pow pow and drunk monkeys and an experimental video storyteller at hubunofficial.com and the hub unofficial youtube channel after many years in la literary and small publishing community and on the shaky town podcast interviewing artists and performers he returned to his home state of arizona his archival interviews with bob odenkirk and paula Tompkins are part of the recent modest proposal anthology available from new degree press uh, and we can link that out like when you have a link if you want to see them. So thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, welcome. I really do enjoy our Twitter banter. So I'm like, yes, it's, it's, a, really it's <laughs> wonderful to see everybody and hear everybody for the, the first time. Yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> and be part of the show, which I, I has been a real uh, nice discovery for me during um, these blah, blah, blah times. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we, we love that. <laughs> It was definitely not part of how we had thought this was going to go. Like when we started this podcast, we definitely did not know that the apocalypse was going to occur in the United <laughs> States of America. But, um, you know, we might have laid nice even out. odds yeah. on it, to be fair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that's that's true. <laughs> but it certainly wasn't a known quantity. I I. I I, I just finished uh, like a video series, which um, I, I had up for a little bit and it was very much heaven and hell and spiritual kind of big, uh, big, big fate and big, uh, what do you call it? Big stakes. Right. And like that ended just, and, and as soon as I had finished, like putting up the last chapter of that, then everything went to hell. <laughs> like, like, I had to stay at home and, and, and it was like, man, life was so much simpler when I was living in my head in this fictional story. <laughs> this nightmare scape, yeah. And I kind of think of the same thing when I'm watching like Twin Peaks or Fargo or any of this, these shows that I like with crime and weird things. Like that is so much more fun to deal with than like having to <laughs> grab a mask every time I go out or right. <laughs> sanitize yeah. everything that comes through the front door. And, Wow. Well, the nice thing about Twin Peaks is ultimately it makes you feel guilty about having fun for watching it. We are part of the problem. You get away with it easily. You know? um, if you're just tuning in, or you should know by now, we're a spoiler podcast. So we uh, work with the idea that you are following along with us and maybe have not seen the show. So we don't usually go into spoilers. Uh, on Drunk Monkeys news, because we all work for Drunk Monkeys, I probably should have said that. Uh, we are on hiatus right now until January 1st. Then we reopen for submissions. If we reopen for the, uh, like, you know, we'll have a new issue. <laughs> and we'll also reopen for Pop Culture, which is our favorite issue. That's our April issue. So uh, I don't know, check it out. Right now we have our sci-fi issue still up because we're not doing anything new for the month. Um, today is December 13th when we're recording this. So maybe by the time you hear it, we'll be open. Who knows? But um, um, another important Drunk Monkeys news a uh, moment of silence for Jiggy the dog. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. We need, yeah. before we get into pour Twin Peaks, we need to seriously <laughs> pour one out for our pal Jiggy the dog from Vanderpump Rules. As you might or might not know, we are huge fans of this. <laughs> and we would literally die for Lisa Vanderpump. And uh, she's 
experienced a major loss with the loss of Jiggy yeah. for Dog, uh, who we actually got to see when we went <laughs> to Tom Tom before everything shut down, which was kind of like the like the final thing everyone did. It was the yeah, yeah. it really was. It's for my <laughs> birthday, had, which occurred yeah. right before the world ended. Yeah. And yeah. My, <laughs> final thing was, my final thing was Lita's birthday party, and then like after that, <laughs> it's just nothing but. Um, but yeah, R.I.P. Jiggy, we love you. We'll miss you. Legend. Going to dedicate the issue to you. <laughs> <laughs> All dogs go to heaven. We yeah, should change right, the uh, the monkey's head to Jiggy's head for a, for a month. For on our side, I think I'm going to do that after this. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So also, I want to tell you, Hub. Like when we've had guests before, it almost seems like they're like, "When can I talk?" Please interrupt us at any time. We <laughs> interrupt sure each other constantly. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> Jump right in. Don't be like, can I say something? That Like, just just say it. So, okay. You got it. So I have go. lots of notes on this, so. Yes. Season two, episode six, demons. Are there any demons in this episode? No. <laughs> Maybe. Um, all right. So we begin, as we left off last time in the Orchid Earth, Harold is not happy with the shenanigans that Maddie and Donna are trying to pull in breaking in and stealing Laura's secret diary in his like bizarre contrapped like lament configuration of like a bookshelf um, and has raked the little thing across his face for gardening and he's like, Ugh. so he's like, I trusted you. You were pure. And he sounds so much like Ross Geller in this scene <laughs> Like I just couldn't, I'm like, I actually had Aiden come in and watch because as we know, my son Aiden is a noted Because he's a player. huge noted fan of uh, the character. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, he's like, you are decent and pure, which is kind of funny because she literally just told a like long ass story about being 13 and like hooking up with 20 year olds. So like, <laughs> no, but all right. Yeah, I, I couldn't help but sort of interpret even this moment through the lens of what we've been talking about with that character where he goes into this thing of like you've made me feel like i could return to the world which was like not a thing he had ever talked about up to that moment and also like is at odds with when they're playing around with the book in the previous episode and he just like ah! collapses when he goes outside <laughs> so like the whole thing comes off as sort of um you know like he's obviously having a breakdown but it doesn't come off as like particularly genuine it still feels manipulative and weird yeah. and i don't know i i really really skewed out by this character even more on this he's a real watch. divisive character right yeah 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 people some people love him some people hate him i don't care for him at all we i never got really the point of him i mean i, I guess he was just kind of a transitional <laughs> Yeah. And he was a plot device more than a, a fully. I, mean, I think they probably did more with him if I remember in the movie later. I don't even remember. But we're I gonna, don't remember. We're going to cover the movie. Yeah. yeah. They definitely covered him in the, the book Jennifer Lynch did. I should say, like, I, I watched this. So this episode aired 30 years ago, which blows my mind, first of all. Yeah. Like, I was looking at the broadcast date, and it was like, mm. 30, like 30 years one month ago, which is because I watched all the, these shows as a, a preteen and a teenager. I had all the books. Yeah. I had the, the Dale Cooper tapes. So That's like, the one I don't have. I have Laura's Diary. <laughs> Uh, as well yeah uh, it's currently has, in my apartment yes yeah. uh, <laughs> and i have like the, the two books that they released after series three but um but yeah i don't recall and it's funny because like i read them a while ago and stuff but also like for some reason my brain just like erases harold i'm just like i don't really recall <laughs> yeah. any of this like 
he's just but i yeah he almost seems like he's just there to be like laura had a diary <laughs> like how yeah. Yeah, I think you're right on about that, where his presence in the plot feels very mechanical, so you don't yeah. really think about him much as a character after you uh, get beyond this little arc here. Um, but, you know, we because we've been doing kind of a close read for because of the nature of this podcast and just sort of talking through it bit by bit, I feel like I've been paying more attention to him, and I, I don't like what... Yeah. I'm seeing there. <laughs> Don't like it very yeah. much. Yeah, you had said the Don't the last it. episode that he was more sinister than you remembered, and that's yeah. definitely what I um I, I kind of just remember him being a sad sack and um, yeah, yeah same. me too. Yeah, seeing this um, now. And there's there's a little bit more that happens with him in the following episodes, and that also kind of colors the perception of him. But I I still think like on a first viewing, just watching as the situation with him progresses it's not it's not good i don't no. i don't care for it um it's funny too because like not, not to be like vaguely offensive but i kind of feel like maddie and donna could kick his ass and he's <laughs> they're like cowering in terror like right. ah but i'm like just like sweep his leg like it's fine like, he's, he's got like he's got the that leg. he's got that rick the model martell atomizer going. yeah like yeah he's like <laughs> which like comes into play in a couple seconds which so fun, but but anyway, like they are not in danger because who busts in? But James, <laughs> here we go. He's gonna come save the day. Um, he busts in to save them, and then they don't even get the fucking journal. This is three <laughs> on one, and yeah. James is like presented as kind of a tough dude, even though he's like definitely not. And like, just take it. <laughs> yeah, he he doesn't door. really do anything. He just kind of ushers them out the door. He just kind of shows up and is like. Like, here, come on, go, 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 Destiny, go, go. <laughs> if I'm wrong, grabs Maddie first and kind of uses Donna as a human shield. Yeah, yeah yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> which, which was like an interesting choice given what happens next in the co their conversation. Yeah. And also what's been happening up but, until now with yeah. that group of people. Yeah. And then yeah, also kind of just yells at Donna, like, come on, like, what are you doing? And she's on the ground, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Trying to wrestle the book out of right. his hands. And he's like, come on, we'll making this hard on me. Um, and so they run out. They're like, he's not going to come out after us, obviously. Again, they don't get the journal, which is annoying. Yeah. Uh, and then they come out. And then we have this, like, James, <laughs> like, from Donna. Thank you for saving me. I'm so sorry. I'm pretty sure, like, just you and I starts like playing gently in the <laughs> yes, background. Yes, it does. Yeah, uh, and she's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry for everything. Let me collapse into your arms like I'm like Blanche Dubois or something." And he's like, "It's cool." And then Maddie's staring at them from like the other angle, like, okay. "Yeah, she's kind of like stink eyeing them a little bit." It's a little like, stink I mean, eye. I mean, like again, the logistics are weird, but like this dude just bailed you out of this like weirdo murderer house. Like, <laughs> I, house. I, I don't know if this is the time to be stink eyeing him. Like as little as I care for James in general. <laughs> he just saved you because apparently you couldn't just take four steps out. Okay, the door. Yeah, you couldn't just walk <laughs> out the door that he walked uh, in. It's so weird. Um, uh, this is where we ahead. get the uh, the scene you were referring to. Yeah, uh, it cuts to Harold maniacally watering his horse. <laughs> yes. And like, and like going like, like, like almost like, no! like, oh, man. like he's turning into a werewolf. Yes. 
arching his like he's arching his back as he's spraying <laughs> like with this like pump. I don't know what those are called like the atomizer right oh okay the atomizer yeah I like, only know it because of Rick the model Martel from like old okay well, then okay <laughs> with the perfume spray or yeah, whatever yeah Rogan very fancy he's a fancy man Harold um so he's mad basically uh now this is an interesting thing that happens after that is additional credits roll yeah and that has not happened yet in this show where like they have like the original intro and then they have like like a scene and then they like have additional (laughs) so so i was thinking about this too I think most episodes have the traditional intro and then there's kind of like a vague fade into the action where you'll get an establishing shot of the Great Northern or something and there's still yeah. a few more featuring credits that yeah. are rolling at that point. Yeah. And I feel like this one, it might just be an editing choice to like, because the last one ended like literally mid, I guess you want to call it action scene or something. Yeah, and then you, you, yeah get yeah. right into it. I don't know. I don't know if there's any more significance. There also seem to be a lot weird. of credits. So maybe they yeah, just had lot. to make Yeah, it is it. a lot. Yeah. Well, this but is the part- weird to me. This is, it seems like kind of when, I mean, with season two and I was reading about the kind of when other directors and other writers stepped in more. Oh yeah. So like, this is one of the Leslie Linklater episodes. Um, I don't recall if you've talked about her specifically. I don't think um, I have, no. She's by, by the way, she was the hunchback seamstress who sewed Audrey in her dress. Oh. So she was d- doubling as that. Really? Yes. <laughs> um, but <laughs> she's kind of like, she's she's really heralded by Twin Peaks fans as like as good as like a David, a David Lynch episode is, is a Leslie Linklater episode. Like they really hold her up as somebody who's trusted. And she's gone on to like this great career like any show that you like, that's like a prestige show, she's probably directed. You shot an episode yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I wonder what like, her NYPD blue credits are. Ah, uh, that's true. <laughs> I don't know if that had that. I love like I love the idea that like Leslie's like vision is more credits. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a directorial stamp. Throw an owl yeah. here. It'll be but a you spooky. See, you, you start seeing like her and like the Harley Payton. It's a Harley Payton script and like like there's the more guest stars and I feel like they started to try to and they you even see with the plots, you know, and you you mentioned this I think on the the, the last episode as this is transitioning into like these other yeah, um, we're trying to get some segues, yeah. Things. And so it feels like the, sh- the scope of the show is starting to grow, and therefore, like, they're throwing a lot, like, they, they have a bigger team now to, to, to do it. And yeah, everybody gets credited. Well, and plus, <laughs> Lynch has some other work to do on this episode, which That's I'm excited true. to talk about. But, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, exactly. Um, we go, okay, so after this, like, shot of the woods and this owl, which, like, looks ridiculous. We get to uh, the Great Northern where Audrey is being like, is like convalescing and <laughs> gently laid to rest by Coop here. And it's so funny because she's like, Daddy, which is funny because it's yeah. Coop. And I'm like, mm hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> is. Different connotation um, in 1990. Yeah. One of these. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, just one of these classic interactions between them that's like kind of sweet, but also really gross. Like, <laughs> it's which really just kind of sums up their whole vibe together. Yeah, it's sweet but gross. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, she's been. She needs like so many needle marks. It must be heroin." <laughs> it's like heroin, Harry. Yeah, th- like, that, that's know, coming like... in another scene or two. But yeah, he's oh, it's so wasn't funny there. when he says Sorry that. <laughs> And my notes were very sparse last night. I watched this at literally three in the morning. 
because <laughs> we watched it we watched a movie beforehand so i was like i'll just watch this after um i think it goes from here to like james again right this is yeah, where yeah, we, you and i start yeah playing. this is where you and i starts this is like so they send um maddie on her way and james uh and donna are having like a little bit of a like is it is it cool like is the stuff here good are we still good are we good um but of course james has to like make it about him he's very like he says no more plans okay no more going off on your own like come on man nothing you've done has been successful in this show <laughs> like, if, if, if only they had stick, stuck to that advice yeah right. later in the series uh yeah he's like my heart is better when your heart is with like she's like heart chat <laughs> like, and she's like you're right yeah and yeah this is center, just you and i playing in yeah and it's important to remember in moments like this where james tries to go like i'm in charge here that like this is the guy who didn't realize that his girlfriend was a drug and sex addict and <laughs> got herself murdered like yeah he, he doesn't Not know precisely. shit he sucks at this <laughs> if i recall he he like he basically summarized her as she was she's acting crazy she always did that weird stuff <laughs> yeah oh, no. like what's your problem anyway uh yeah so they're like let's get yeah let's get back together let's, like like let's put all the let's let the past be the past right right um <laughs> this is I, where quick thing oh. and then and then are we moving from that well i i was gonna say this is where we get back to harry and coop sitting down to talk about yes. it and he goes heroin harry in <laughs> like the most chipper possible voice <laughs> i love to like harry's just like flipping through his like big book of mugshot faces <laughs> comes out every I, year or something and he's like hmm. that totally <laughs> reminded me of like old like i was one of these guys who had like for a spell had like answer me or like those like autopsy photo books things like that it just reminded me like like you would totally buy that book somewhere yeah nowadays and like thumb through it um like crime scene photographers like something feral press would have put out yeah um it's very it's before the days of csi where it shows a guy sitting at a computer and he pushes one button and it cycles through 500 uh, <laughs> mugshot photos and then it just lands on the guy they need magically somehow like it, it, it's this is the uh, you know, 1991 equivalent of that, where he's got his <laughs> criminal phone book, and he's like, "Look, Jean <laughs> Renault." Um, I will. I, this is another one of these moments where I have to point out how uh, much Harry has, like, sort of 180 on his acceptance of drug dealing being a reality in this area. Because remember, early in the season, in the series, he's very like, he's like, they would. Nobody here would ever do a cocaine. A cocaine has never existed in in Twin Peaks. And now he's just straight up like, oh yeah, I know all about this guy. Runs yeah, heroin, heroin just north crazy, of the right? border. It's fucking crazy. Like he's just doing heroin all the time. It's like, what the fuck? Which you would think he would know from, I mean, Hank was a, Hank Jennings was a bookhouse boy, yes? And like he was part of that yes, inner circle. He bookhouse he was boy. one of the best, if I recall correctly. <laughs> yeah, and he got the boot. Like, so you... I mean, Grant, well, but they didn't know at that time, right? That Yeah, so, like, I, I, what, maybe what I think is, like, one explanation, if we want to give them a little too much credit for the storytelling perspective here, is maybe he was being deliberately coy about the drug activity early on because he wanted to keep the Bookhouse Boys thing a secret from Coop early on. So yeah. I think if we want to be generous, we can see it like that. But it's, it, they never say that out loud. Like, you have to put that in yourself, I think. Um, 
this is where in this big book he he finds Jean Renault's face and he's like check it out and then they like go through the entire like Renault family tree they're like oh brother to Jean and Bernard and so they're starting to put it together like oh like I was never supposed to come out of the great northern like with Audrey or like like this was definitely a setup like, yeah and I like this moment for Harry because he actually sort of puts it together for Coop and it, like mm -hmm. identifies it. Usually Coop just sort of like deus exes the like answer <laughs> into his brain through a dream sequence or something and then he just solves it. So it's nice to see like Harry like do a thing and like right. <laughs> actually assist in the investigation in a in a like meaningful and regular ass way. It's kind of a nice moment for him. Did you all like the Renault? So, um, like the Renault brother aspect of, of Twin Peaks lore, because it seems like there. I mean, you got some good casting with 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 Michael Parks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> for, Michael for Parks sure. is good. Yeah, yeah he, he crushes it in this show. <laughs> I, I I had I you know in, in doing some research before we got together, I I hadn't realized that there was a consensus that oh, we should have skipped over all the Renault stuff. Like they could have resolved all this earlier to get to some of the, um, you know, like Wyndham Earl stuff, you know. I'm not in a rush it, for that. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know. Yeah. And we're going to uh, have to start having that conversation. Right, in this right. Episode. And, and, and yeah. just a warning, I'm a big pro Wyndham Earl. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. I, mean, I, I, I don't have a problem well, with the character, but... <laughs> brings, brings a lot of stuff into the show yeah. that I don't care yeah, for. I, I thought the Renault stuff was interesting because yeah, I don't yeah. find it at all. I think it's my our biggest beef with that is that they all have different Canadian accents. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's really strange that they're supposed to be siblings, but all of their French Canadian accents are like significantly different in their <laughs> like attempt at that. Maybe they grew up on different sides of the border. I don't yeah, know. maybe. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> um. We're going to move from here to Ben, uh, ben Horning. Oh, I, I do want to point out before we move from the scene that it ends at this moment where Coop is like, like starting to doubt himself a little bit. He's like, hey, man, I, they really could have, I really could have been fucked here tonight. Like if this had gone differently, maybe I'm getting in like a little over my head and we'll come back to this conversation. But uh, then Harry pulls an absolute cop move here at the end. And he just goes, Coop, Sometimes you think too much. <laughs> Classic cop. Stop thinking. Yeah. And react Stop from thinking. The cut. Shoot people. Um, okay, so here's when we go to Ben and, and Coop then. Um, and he's just like, okay, like here's your money. We got your daughter back. She's all fucked up. And what I love about this is like, well, first of all, Coop's like, so you know what I think about this place? One-eyed Jacks? And he's like, uh, hmm. <laughs> he's like really evasive about it. Like, yeah. But what I really like about this scene is he counts the money before he's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> classic Ben. Yeah, classic Ben. Um, uh, I spent some time thinking about, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I, I spent some time thinking about Coop's angle here. I'm not sure if he specifically suspects uh, Ben being involved in the operation of this place or whatever, but he 
he absolutely is just straight up yeah there's this illegal brothel called one-eyed jacks uh there's this woman there named blackie who got murdered uh john renault is the guy who did it like you wouldn't just talk to a random guy and right. like here's all the suspects <laughs> here's all the victims names here's where it happened like it's just such an absolutely bizarre choice i don't know if he's trying to get him to cop to something or if it's just a lazy exposition scene or i definitely how read that it. i definitely read that as hey i want you to know that i know you're a scumbag uh, yeah. yeah. You know that I know that I think <laughs> yeah. that you know that I know. Yeah, yeah. That something you are like that. an illegal brothel on the other side. Yeah. Of it's it's odd anyway. It, it's just a strange scene. What's funny too is he's like, okay, I'll bring Audrey home. And he's like, he, she should stay where she is in my bed. And he's like, okay, cool. Like, does he like think right. <laughs> spending the night with her and just doesn't give a fuck? Because like before he was just like, stay away from my daughter, which was like kind of weird. Because like he's Ben, he doesn't give a shit about Audrey. But uh, but it, it was just like weird considering like their like kind of like confrontation a few episodes back. Yeah. She, he's like she should stay where she is, and he's like cool. But but also like maybe like I don't want to take care of her anyway. So yeah, she, I know she's fucked up. That's gonna be a problem yours. for me. Yeah, maybe he's you already can got it. tons yeah. on his plate. Um, so I think the scene ends here, and then uh oh. Leo's back, baby. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait to talk about Leo. I have so much to say. I, I love, I love this for Leo. This uh, catatonia. It's, it's a good look on him. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's the most I like this character. So I have to ask. Did, did I know that I, I talked about this offline? Have you talked about on your podcast about where Eric DeRay came from? No. Uh, if no, I don't think so. If okay. we did, it was like first episode. Yeah, yeah. So that I was like nine years ago at this point. <laughs> yeah, who knows? If so, we did, we don't remember. The few people who listen don't remember. <laughs> okay. So, so to me, what is great about Leo is he he's played by an actor billed as Eric DeRay. So his mom is Joanna Ray, who is David Lynch's longtime casting person. So I, oh, so I'm, mommy got him the. He nepotized his way into right. this like horrid role of being this miserable criminal wife yes. beater and then uh like basically a human vegetable. Yes. Like, she's like, you know who would be good for this? My son. Yes. Perfect <laughs> for this role. And it's just so like the the difference obviously between first season Leo, who I mean, I think we all agree is legit scary, to almost comic relief at this point yeah, yeah. it's funny like i don't find him scary but like he is like i find he's gross him and bad yeah but he's <laughs> a bad person and the things he does is gross like i find him personal yeah. like how he acts like like the way it's acted is like silly to me but but yeah, yeah. he's like a terrible yeah. abusive person and now he has a kazoo shoved in his mouth like, yes <laughs> yes so yeah it's kind of interesting but i didn't know that about his mom at all yeah, I mean, like to this day, I think she still casts stuff for David Lynch. Good for her. <laughs> I like when people work with each other like long. T- like, I love watching something, and I'm like, oh, they all like like each other, and they keep yeah. like, like, like how John Hands always like showing up in like, uh, Tina Fey. Tina Fey, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> like, I think it's funny. Um, um, I want to talk for a minute about this insurance rep guy's suit. Yeah, it's just a really exciting looking suit. Very plaid, very bold. <laughs> and and, and uh, well, playing well against Shelly's plaid too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They both have the plaid jackets is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good. Um, it's funny too because they're like, okay, Leo's back, and Bobby's just like, 
openly smoking in his <laughs> like, like I hate I, I dislike cigarettes immensely and I'm, I'm nothing is more annoying to me than being like near cigarette smoke like like I don't care for it at all um so like I'm just like this is obnoxious he's like so <laughs> give us our insurance check um, and then at 5k Bobby, yeah yeah 5k is coming so yeah. like part of what I love about how this goes down is that Bobby and Shelly are just so undisguised about how like we're running a scam and we didn't get as much money as we wanted. And the insurance adjuster guy is like, yeah, I know you're running a scam. It just doesn't work as well as you think it does. Yeah, it's still a scam. It's just a significantly cheaper scam. Yeah. You uh, basically they were expecting $5,000 and the check is for 700 um and you know the guy's like well yeah like five thousand but like you know uh medical equipment insurance rates and like like you know they guess and that's like a real ass thing like that gets eaten up fast (laughs) it's like this is like the most realistic thing about any episode of twin (laughs) yeah yeah you thought you were getting a benefit that is actually not not as good as you thought it was gonna be so uh what i love about this too is that (laughs) honestly i mean god i'm sorry shelly goes i have to live off of this but to me, like not to be rude, but looking at her house, seven hundred dollars <laughs> seems like a lot of money for her. Like they literally and in nineteen ninety money. Or yeah. 19, yeah. yeah. And I, I'm gonna. Well, look I mean, that's why they needed the five K. They needed to get some walls up on that motherfucker. Yeah, like, like, I think you can make it just fine. Actually, it might be a little better than what you've been doing. Did y'all recognize the uh, the guy, the agent? insurance guy? i was wondering who he was but again it was three yeah. in the morning so was like, yeah so it's ian abercrombie he was mr pitt on seinfeld that's funny i was like he's definitely someone yep. but yeah he was i thought that too the wise man from army of darkness who gives um ash klatu rata nikto oh my god wow how long <laughs> has it been since i've watched that that's really funny <laughs> and not for nothing but voice of chancellor palpatine in the clone wars cartoon oh, that's oh i don't think i, I, think I did that know that at all. um seven hundred dollars in 1990 is to 1394 dollars now that's more than so stimulus check money so not five thousand <laughs> what we're saying uh, yeah. Did it come so with like a signed paper note from Donald Trump <laughs> saying how cool he was for letting you have some of your money? <laughs> I wrote eat my ass on that and sent it back to the White House. <laughs> and on the Spanish side, I wrote it in Spanish. <laughs> uh, anyway, so. Not all heroes wear kicks. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, yeah, I said this house isn't even worth $700. <laughs> Um, but but now they're in this dire state. She's like, taking care of Leo is going to be a full-time job. I had to quit my job because of this. And Bobby's like, ugh. <laughs> like, he's not going to help. Again, these are teenagers. Yeah. yeah. Bobby's <laughs> um, like, I'm literally in high school. I mean, I don't <laughs> I haven't know. Gone in a week. And but, I yeah. <laughs> I'm actually even on the football team. They don't know where I am. Yeah. Um, okay, so now we go to, this is really funny to me, this next scene. Yeah, it's funny to me, too. It's funny, and it's, like, weird, because, okay, we go to Donna is talking to Harry at the police station, and she's like, this crazy dude Harold has, like, a secret diary of Laura's, and he's like, well, if it's secret, how come I don't know about it? (laughs) (laughs) He, like, kind of blows her off. Well, but... Go ahead. I understand that she's been pulling a lot of capers that have been annoying, 
but like it's still like maybe you should look into it (laughs) yeah i don't know it's it's funny because i almost had the opposite reaction because although we know we have some of that like dramatic irony thing where we know that she's telling the truth. It, it actually does me some good to watch Harry on screen going, you know, you've been coming in here with a lot of bullshit recently. Yeah. And most of it has been a problem for me. I wrote, are you and James doing dumb capers again? Yeah. <laughs> the Scooby gang is at it again. Hey, he's like, can you like stop doing that? And she's like, I'll try. And I'm like, okay, maybe like, like I get, that like he's frustrated with her and, yeah. and like it's just kind of like standoffish about it but also it's like no like this guy has like there's still a murder <laughs> investigation like <laughs> like just knock on the door yeah yeah happen. like i don't know it's just very funny yeah me. it is it is funny it's a really funny dynamic um also he does like he drops this line in there about how and I even made James like promise me that he wouldn't do <laughs> shit like this anymore. It's like so funny. Like, you mean that James looked at me and said he would not do this shit and he kept doing it? Promise. <laughs> is James a bookhouse boy? I can't remember. He dresses like a book. No, no, he's not. He's a book affiliated. House boy. He's, he's like bookhouse affiliate. boy adjacent. Yeah, yeah, because his uncle is one. So he's yeah. like, he like knows about it and it is like, and, in that sphere, but it's not an official book And they have asked uh, James and his other, like, randomly appearing and disappearing biker friend uh, to run errands and do things for them, yeah, for the Bookhouse right. Boys before, but... Uh, it's I very much like a Guillermo from, like, What We Do in the Shadows, where it's like... Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't have really any, any intention of ever turning him into a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's a good poll. Yeah. Um... But of course, like this whole scene is just leading up to this magic moment. Yeah, yeah. sweet, oh, beautiful yeah. boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where David Lynch shows up as Gordon Cole. Yes. Part of hearing <laughs> uh, boss or partner or whatever of Coop. Uh, just here to. Now the fun begins, <laughs> is my note for this. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I wanted to ask did you, and maybe you covered this before. So this is his first on camera appearance. We yes. heard him on the phone call. I heard him on the phone. Yeah. My understanding is that they just he it was a convenience thing. Like we need a voiceover for this uh phone call. Hey, I'll do it. David Lynch does it and now they want to keep continuity, so he's got to play. Yeah. He's got to be there. Yeah. Like it was not meant to be, but it, I mean it was meant to be. Uh, clearly it was meant yeah, to be. Yeah, it was meant but... to be on a cosmic <laughs> level. Yes. <laughs> not yes. On a show. But it was like, oh, I guess I gotta, I guess I gotta play uh, the guy now. <laughs> and now he's yeah, yeah. On camera. Well, I mean, it's like almost all the stuff that rules about this show was an accident. It feels right. like, like so many of the plot lines got changed because of like issues in casting and so forth, and like you know who gets caught in a mirror in the background of this scene <laughs> right. ultimately drives the entire direction of the series. Like, so it, it's I don't know it. It would feel wrong if it wasn't an accident of some kind, you know. Absolutely. And he and um, so, so no, go, go ahead. ahead. I was no, gonna say, you go ahead. <laughs> I, I well, I would. I'm trying to think of how fast they get to the whole hard of hearing thing. Pretty quick. Cool. Like yeah, almost it's, it's yeah. It's You'll have to speak up, issue. sheriff. Is pretty, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because he's asking who he's talking to, and yeah. it's the guy he keeps saying he <laughs> is looking for. You'll have to speak up. I'm wearing a towel. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So before we get like real into this, like. 
is there like a thing where it's like, okay, every time I've watched this, I'm just like, mm-hmm, this is him. Is this a thing where it's like he's faking being hard of hearing, right? Like that's like a theory or like an actual thing? Like is that a thing? That Gordon Cole's thing? That Gordon Cole's yeah. thing? Yeah. Or do you mean I, Lynch? Yeah. Is Mark? that like oh. No, 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 Gordon okay. Cole, not Dave. Maybe David Lynch is hard of hearing. I don't know. Well, <laughs> I wonder, though, because, like, that's just kind of how he speaks. So did they have the hard of hearing so, thing in the show because but of I yeah. think so what is he I've hard heard, of hearing? What I've heard is that's why they did the thing for the yeah. show, because he just speaks like that. So it, like, made <laughs> sense to have that right. be a character quirk. Um, so that part, from a meta standpoint, right, right, okay. is true. Um, about the Gordon Cole thing, we have a lot more that we're going to go through with Gordon Cole and his hearing over the next uh, 40 billion episodes of the show <laughs> that we have to do. So I, I'm kind of reticent to speculate on that without all the cards on the table. So <laughs> it is an interesting thing to up, think about. This does come up like way, oh. way later. Yeah. I, I, I have a Mark Frost uh, like interview thing where he says his theory. It, no, it, it, yeah. it's worth sharing just because they never covered on the show yeah, yeah yeah so if you don't if that's okay not it's like we said yeah, spoiler, right? yeah he says that he thinks that it was as a young agent a firing range mishap oh i think they uh, actually say that eventually like they do? on the show yeah but but none to like we won't get to that for like, like <laughs> but it's like because i had never recalled hearing that until I, I read it in print but but i think too like sometime in the future they um, they can like somebody implies that he's faking it, and I, or like it's a fan theory. I forget. I'm gonna have to look into it. But I remember last night being like, "Oh, I remember <laughs> hearing about that." And it's kind of weird, but well, um, and you know, Frost. He probably said that in one interview, and then said the opposite thing in another one. It was like, "Hehehe," <laughs> you know? seems to be his whole deal. Fail. Yeah. <laughs> um, and okay, so so this okay, so he's like hard of hearing, and he has like like hearing aids that look like giant ridiculous eyes. like, yeah, like really they, they probably looked like outdated in 91 oh I'm very assuming, definitely but yeah. Yeah. yeah these are like from the yeah. 50s yeah. yeah oh in fact um, sorry to interrupt but when there was that time traveler thing oh this is a, a time traveler on a chaplain video oh um, yeah, yeah. It, it's because they had an old hearing uh, aid of that style mm -hmm. so this has been around since like the 30s this oh is there you outdated. go yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry um <laughs> This whole episode, sorry, I need to eat a cheese it and I didn't want it to be like super loud in the mic. I'm so hungry. Um, okay, so this, this, I mean, this hard of hearing bit, I think it's kind of funny. Uh, I could see why people get like kind of tired of it, but you know, everything he, it's a very like Abbott and Costello, like vaudevillian thing where it's like, you know, somebody says one thing and he's like, oh no, I already ate. Like he doesn't know yeah, what yeah. they're saying or whatever. They go on for a while about a vacuna coat yeah white hairs or something yeah so i i have kind of theory about why this um pricks up harry's ears but i kind of don't want to go too far down that road because i think it spills something that is okay. going to happen later here so I'll, I'll try to remember to bring this point back but what's important to say is that uh gordon has with him some of the results because Albert is not coming back for the time being. Uh, Boo Earns, at least we get right? uh, David Lynch instead. But uh, Gordon is talking about, uh, he's talking about a couple of things. He's talking about fibers off of vacuna coat, which were found in the shooting scene where, uh, where um, Coop got shot. So mm -hmm. this is associated with his shooter. Uh, we might start thinking about that. Um, that's kind of the big pull here. Um, 
And then right as he's sort of chatting with Harry in the hallway and Donna is kind of just awkwardly sitting in this like interrogation room that they were talking in uh, before, um, Hawk kind of like forcibly drags Mr. Gerard into the hallway. Like, hey, I found the I found the one-armed guy. I found the guy. <laughs> Who they call the one armor. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> there's a one armor. I want right to say there. too though, there's a there's a part where where um Gordon is kind of just explaining and he goes, Really weird stuff. Yeah. And I I paused it and I said, Hey, what do you write? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> right. And like, and then I pointed, and Fritz was like, "Do you want to take a screenshot of that?" And I was like, "Oh no, I'm not the first person to use that." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely not the first writer. I'm pretty sure Hannah was the first person I taught Hannah Cohen. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, this really weird stuff, like, still is perfect for literally anything. Yeah, <laughs> it's beautiful. So I'm like, I'm not being, I'm not being like original here. I just want to. <laughs> it's <laughs> funny. It's like one of two meta kind of statements in the row after row gibberish. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so we have a bunch of stuff converging here. Um, Mr. Gerard comes in. Uh, what did I write here? Oh, and they're, they've been looking for him, and they're just bringing him in. He's like, yeah, man, sell shoes. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yeah, it's like, he's having a rough time, man. This is, like, the second time they've arrested him on essentially zero pretenses other than Coop <laughs> dreamt about him at one point. Like also, it's just really weird. <laughs> also Cole is talking about the um the in the syringe that he had left behind. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like you know there's all this weird that was the really weird stuff. It's yeah, like really weird stuff. Like it's just like a weird drug that's made up of a bunch of different things. And and we can ask him now because he's right here. <laughs> Yay. So um um, I, I don't want to gloss over this because it's funny. Like part of uh, um, <laughs> part of the reason Cole justifies his own presence here is that, well, when an agent goes down in the field, I have to be there. I make it a point to like get on my way and get there immediately. So we've talked many times and I think we'll continue to talk many times how the passage of time is very strange in this show. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to follow uh, exactly how quickly things are happening and so forth. But Coop has not only been recovered from this gunshot wound, but he has been going on other covert action guy <laughs> missions. Like, like, he's like, like this is like so far in the past for him. It's like, was Cole like walking there? He's like, walking what? from like Colorado or wherever. <laughs> it also speaks to something that you've started, that you had all started to mention the last couple episodes. And it's this idea of the FBI as a, um kind of occult hunting yeah fraternity yeah. and it's like it's they're like x-files weirdos they're not like yeah, <laughs> law enforcement people so it's like you know for him like for him to come there personally yeah um, is, is it shows that 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 closeness and that loyalty that they have and we see it again um we, I mean, yeah, this this doesn't revival. ever stop being a thing in the show. Yeah, like, it, it in fact continues to get stranger as it goes. <laughs> um. Okay. So we move from that scene to. And uh, when we move from the scene, just to say it, Harry just straight up leaves Donna in the interrogation room. He got like, completely yeah, fucking forgets about her. Home. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, we move it into Audrey, Ben, and Coop. Like it, you know, Audrey's like, oh. now Audrey has Ben's ticket. Right. She knows her dad's up to no good. Yeah. Which is kind of cool because she's just like, so I was at one eyed Jacks earlier. This has like so, the saddest line reading. Yeah. Do you know really? anything about that? Or 
Um, like, I saw some interesting stuff there. <laughs> just uh, lots of lots of people that I saw when I was Sher- at that place. Sherilyn <laughs> Fenn with this with this heartbreak in her voice that that crushed me personally says, "I saw so much." I yeah, know. she's and, actually good in this scene. Uh, she's really good in this scene. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like she she's really getting a lot in there where she's still portraying like basically coming out of this drug coma, but also this sort of like anger and helplessness to- yeah. towards the issue with her father and stuff like that. There's a lot packed into this little moment and it's very uncomfortable, but in like the, it's uncomfortable on purpose. They put the pieces in play this way. Um, and yeah, there's a lot going on. There's a lot, you can see Coop's suspicion. You can see like everybody's, Ben's everybody's like in a bad situation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then what's funny is Ben's like, okay, I'll take you home now. Right. And then she's like, no, I want, agent cooper to bring me home obviously so i can tell him that you're a fucking insane person yeah and, and then he's like hmm and the quick thinking ben's like why don't we all go together <laughs> and i'm just like oh he's smart sometimes he's smart ben's smart i mean <laughs> ben couldn't run this I mean, many scams smart. simultaneously if he wasn't smart i mean he's an yeah. asshole but <laughs> yeah but I mean, that was quick though he's like we can all go together but then i was like how do you get there though like somebody seems to be leaving a car somewhere. Yeah. Like, There's a driver. And then Coop can drive my car back to get his car and they, do one back. of those horrible family vacation caravan things. Like now, speaking of homecomings. Home- yeah, for real. Who else is up? Nadine. We know that, but uh just being a good sport as she busts in with like shopping, like bags. And she's like, they didn't even look toward when I used my credit card, well, the credit cards, because like obviously she's not fifteen or whatever she's. Yeah. And he's just like, he has the best look on his face through like literally this. Yeah, whole yeah, I, I had that exact note. I said Ed's goddamn face. He's just like, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of like, it's very much like you know when Donald Glover walks in on <laughs> Community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost exactly the same face. <laughs> I love it so much. And she's just like, and it's so funny too, because they get into this a little later in the episode too, but she's like, my parents aren't home yet. Or like, is it your parents? Like, I don't even know where we are. <laughs> like, like, has no idea if she's at her house or his house because it's yeah. such a bizarre situation because in her head, she, her parents are in like, you know, like overseas or something. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm hanging out with my cool boyfriend, but it's like <laughs> the context is just gone. He's being a good sport, though, and I think that that's kind of cute because we know that, you know, he's a good person. So he's like, nah. He's being a good sport, but when it's clear that she wants to get it on, he's clearly pretty uncomfortable about the the implications of that. (laughs) Yeah. He's all about enthusiastic consent. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Only for, like, people who are not in amnesic, like, supers or whatever. Um, Yeah, I know I absolutely love I love this so. Um, it, Big Ed's like your your you got your guy, right? Uh yeah. Where's hands <laughs> here at, at, at Trunk Monkey's log casting and Ed and like no one else at this point? Yeah. You know what? I think I was. I'm having a flashback to when I heard the first episode of 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 the log cast, and I was cleaning around the house in the garage, and I think I think you had me at Big Ed energy. Big, yeah. big, 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 big dick energy. Big dick energy. <laughs> uh, oh, too, man. Not too late to get the hashtag started, guys. 
um, we, we get an incredibly gross scene transition. Oh, the worst. <laughs> this is the worst. This is awful. Yeah. Right. Like, really awful. <laughs> really bad. Um, um, this is a, 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 a rare misstep from uh, Ms. Leslie Linklater as far as yeah, this is the so scene strange. transition. Yeah, it's, a, yeah it's, it's kind of a horrifying uh, transition because we transition over to Josie and her cousin. Now, is she not her cousin? I mean, I don't think he is. I mean, she later, Are they just saying she's going to introduce him in, in a different way to somebody else later. So I yeah, think Yeah, but I'm just point, like, uh, like, because I'm working on the assumption like, oh, they're family and they're working together. Right. It definitely just had sex, right? And like sex that did not involve no, not enthusiastic participation. <laughs> right, right. It was definitely like a, I have yeah. to do this sort of yeah. thing. Like she's laying on the on the couch or whatever with her dress unzipped from the back and she looks like miserable. Yeah. And it's just like definitely like a coercion thing. So it is like a weird transition from like, Ed, let's do it to like Yeah, yeah. Like I just had to do this. Like it it's definitely skillful in telling the story of how gross the dynamic is yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's good oh, in that yeah that's <laughs> absolutely I, true i i probably did not need to see it as a, a preteen in 1990 and i, yeah. I didn't need to see it now <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i didn't need to see it um it it does it does a good job of setting up the stakes for what's going on with Josie plot wise here. Basically, this dude, whatever their exact connection is, it seems to mostly be business based um, and business being crime business. He's basically like, all right, like the, the jig is up now. Like we're going to get on the plane. We're heading home. Bye. And like we're going tonight. She's like, I haven't even been able to cash out all of these like insurance and backroom deals and stuff. yeah like i haven't gotten the money out of this yet and he's like too bad we're we're going and so this sort of sets up this scenario where she's trying to uh um she's kind of desperate to make off with whatever she can at this right. point um yeah there's a lot of tension in this scene yeah like and she seems like genuinely like oh this is awful but uh it's just a gross scene like like we didn't need like the coercion sex implication. Yeah. Like yeah. they couldn't. But that just was a real play. staple of like era soap operas. Yeah, you know? it is very yeah. soap opera. Yeah. And, yeah. and it it yeah. does give us a little more about the stakes and the situation for her because even though we have a pretty good sense of what game Josie's playing at this point, like who it's for, where her loyalties are, what her situation is, and like kind of what her peril is hasn't been all that clear up till this point. So I do think it, it does it does give us something in terms of stakes for her character, but yeah, it's pretty uh it's pretty uncomfortable. The framing is gross. Yeah. Yeah, it's gross. Um okay, so now we're gonna move on to more James content. <laughs> I don't mind this scene so much though. No. Uh this is kind of like a like starting to bookend the Maddie story. Yeah. Um she's and I will at, the, at the lake or whatever and he's like, I'm gonna join you. Yeah. Ahead, I, I said it's convenient for James that he has literally nothing better to do than to drive his motorcycle <laughs> around and harass his multiple girlfriends all over town. Get a like, job. That's a, yeah, seriously. <laughs> Doesn't Ed need somebody to help pump the gas he's while he's taking care school? of his like convalescing? Oh yeah, like what about school? <laughs> no, nobody goes to school anymore. That's just over. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like we're canceling the rest of the year because yeah. like, um, but yeah, so they have this where maddie's like i think you know it's come to time that i like go i think like you know but she, but she's like laura and i were so close and she almost was like it was kind of fun to pretend to be her which is like but she, 
it's not like she's a mess <laughs> you don't yeah. want to beat her but she's like you know we were so close i liked and like i liked pretending to be my dead cousin it's just a weird flex to me but yeah. like okay but i get what she's saying she she left home and she's like i got to be somebody different for a while like i got to be viewed as something different uh and you know now and now like it's just time to go like that like i have a life like beyond twin peaks like it's time to go so and james like cool <laughs> Yeah, James is like, oh, yeah, cool. All right, I guess. Um, The scene is always kind of strange to me because um, she, Maddie goes into this thing that, like, we were, like, so close. It was almost like we were, like, psychically connected almost. Like, we could feel each other's feelings and stuff like that, Um, which is in keeping thematically with Twin Peaks. And, you know, we've talked about how, there's like this dualism and there's this linking of identities and Mirroring. that will continue and become a much bigger and more complex thing as the series goes. But it is kind of strange the way it's rammed in here because she talks so much about how close they were and so forth. But when she showed up earlier after Laura's death, everybody was like, huh, who's this? Like, who's this person that looks like Laura? Like nobody and, knew. Like, and she said that they hadn't talked in years. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I actually thought that too. Like, yeah. like, Oh, we were so close. They literally hadn't talked in forever. Like, right. so I have a so, couple of thoughts on that because there's oh, there's good. two things. There's two things I see. Like, as uh, in a so in a meta sense of like, you know, breaking kayfabe as it were. It's like they're starting to make the show bigger. They're starting to yeah. have actual like people besides David Lynch like direct. Like, I, 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 this episode, and you mentioned the coat. We're gonna see a scene later that I think bookends that as well. They, they start to get more skilled as far as planting things to pay off later. So I think that that's part of that, that they had to retcon kind of like, oh no, they were super close. But you could also say, see kind of that like Stephen King, Dairy Maine thing where like when you get, leave the town, like the mem- memory gets kind of fuzzy. And as far as who's in the town, you know, it, it's a very, and, and maybe that's, You'll have to forgive me because it's been a while since I've been up on my gothic horror, but <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's a maybe that's a, a trope of that as well, where m- memory and where how things happened or didn't happen. I mean, we definitely see that in Twin Peaks at, sure. yeah. over the the course of not only in the the show but like the books um, and the movie how how that's played with as far as like did it happen this way did it not happen this way um so sure yeah almost like like the like the existence is only there's nothing else like beyond like when yeah yeah because we're this is the first time like we're starting this episode i felt like you're starting to see the world that exists outside of twin peaks but i mean there's definitely it is definitely, and it becomes more and more so a vortex of bad shit, you know? And and she's drawn to it now, and she's gotten involved in, in, in these capers, um, and now she's going to try to break away from it. And- yeah, I, I, I agree. 
I, I like what you're doing there. Uh, I, I think my struggle with it is I don't feel like it's super earned in this scene. Like a lot of no, the time, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of the time, <laughs> you <get> me wrong. <laughs> a lot of the time, the show at least gives you some hints that like here's what we're playing with here. Here's what we're talking about. It has a lot of like its tracers, its clues, its way of leading you into those things. And that just doesn't happen at all here. She just straight up like says a version of the story that like is different from the version that she's told before. And it's like, I, it feels a little like, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to think of that as a big deal or if I'm just supposed to roll with it as like, as you say, this is a show that's getting bigger and they're trying to fill in more. And obviously we're going to get a bit more from Maddie coming up in the foreseeable future. So right. um, that will also color some things here. Um, Same and- with what James says though, because James has this whole speech about love and light and holding on to that feeling forever. Right. And he kind of did that earlier in the episode with Donna, like, oh, right. as long as we're just together all the time, it's going to be great. Right. And, and we see how that happens or doesn't happen. Right. Sure. And so it's, yeah. it's even though like James scenes always are kind of like, bleh, and Maddie and, and her stuff's kind of unearned. Definitely thematically, and the dramatic irony that's set up here. Yeah. Scene, it feels like, you know, like we said, like the show that has booked so much of this, I'm using wrestling terminology again, booked so much of this. It's by okay, accident. we love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Scripted so much of this by accident. <laughs> I'm with the right people for it. You're right in my strike zone. <laughs> yes, <man>. exactly. <laughs> like, you know, the guy in wardrobe or, or, or uh, what do you call it? The, the set stuff uh like frank silva getting him on accident and, yeah and, like now they're actually making the effort to plant seeds yeah um but no, yeah I, I agree with you there yeah basically we kind of end this with like okay my time's coming to a close and it's like okay like let's see where that goes <laughs> um and she's going home now we go to ben and josie uh and this is like, I need my money. Yeah, he's like, to what do I owe the pleasure, Ben Horn shit? She's like, uh, you need to give me my money. And he's like, yeah, like uh, surely you realize that one does not just give a money. It's like, no, you need to, you need to give me my money. Like, <laughs> like I, I need it now, but, literally today. Now, what do you mean by money? Yeah. Scheme of life. <laughs> like, theoretically, there's as, as Marcus Aurelius once said. <laughs> talking cesarean money yeah. or like um what's funny though about this scene is like she's like you owe me money and i want it and he's like okay here's this weird check yeah yeah you yeah. can just have it and so I'm like, that's, I, that's like literally not how checks work yeah, I'm yeah. Like, I, I'm, out of vogue but like you don't just say like oh here's a five million dollar check yeah i guess the idea is he signs it over to her um I, I like the way that this scene plays out, even it's though it's so inc- good. Even though it's like incredibly corny, it's still like it works. Just it's so good. The imagery it's like is so good. Beautiful ballet. Both <laughs> like of them. The way they work, it's so good. Yeah, the actors look like they're having a lot of fun doing this scene. They like they just look like they're having a good time doing it. It really made um, me want to start orchestrating my own safety deposit box dossier. <laughs> Ski. Yeah. yeah. What's oh. the paper trail when I die? What what exciting thing does that mean to you? Like I have this key to a safety deposit box downtown. Uh, I I do think it's funny, like what launches into this like battle of wills, where it's like, well, if I die, they're gonna find out this dirt on you. Well, if I die, they're gonna find out this dirt on you. What launches this is Josie tells Ben Horn not to play games with her. Ben Horn, king of games, fucking Yu-Gi-Oh, is like (laughs) over here. Like you're gonna tell this guy not to play games with you. Also, I need Ben Horn with Yu-Gi-Oh's hair, like, photoshopped on it, like, immediately. We'll do that. Thank you. Um, um, 
there's a line fluidity is everything and i was like wow that's very progressive <laughs> but, but it's also ben's way of trying to get out of paying her money that it's amazing. Her. <laughs> but now what do you mean exactly by money yeah <laughs> i owe you yeah what um what is funny is my notes here right because you know i don't care for like anything that has to do the with the real estate capers. Yeah, the real yeah. estate stuff. It's just it's like so mm, ghostwood. Yeah. So I wrote boring, even though I was enjoying how they were talking. Yeah. It does look like they're having a lot of fun. But I wrote boring, but then I wrote blackmail. <laughs> <laughs> the escalation. Of course, of course it like got interesting, like at with this like safety deposit box talk. And this is where he hands her the check. And she does this such a funny thing where she like looks at the check. Holds it to her chest like thanks, and then hands without even turning to hands him like what? hands him the paper. But they yeah. both strategically like wait to let go of the paper yeah. that they're holding it's, until it's the like exact same moment. Almost. It's so good, yeah. It, it's so um, fun. Um, and and he's like oh, that joke. Like he, you can tell he's like I appreciated that hustle. He's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's like well me. done. Well, yeah, you like, recognize on his champ. Um, the the plot upshot from the scene is Ben Horn has attempted to mollify Josie by handing over Mr. Tojimura's check to her, the $5 million in mysterious funds from uh, Tokyo. So without going into this whole thing, I do want to think about what do we think Ben Horn's long-term play is here doing this, just handing that money over? Because now if that money gets cashed, like he's taken this person's money and he has yet to promise mr tojimura anything so I'm, I'm like i'm wondering what he thinks he's gonna pull off here do you think any I of this... just oh go ahead no no i was just gonna say when you frame it that way i i think of elmer leonard and i don't know if that's giving mm. it too much credit but... yeah i mean what yeah. i'm thinking of it you know what it, it brings up for me is Firefest guy like take money from one place move it to somebody else then find some other money to mollify that person and stuff like that was immediately what it evoked to Very me. uncut gems okay. yeah 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 <laughs> i just assumed he's gonna ben is like this is how me. i win <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna come <laughs> it's like what like when he like laughed when josie was like he's like i'm gonna go yeah <laughs> I assume that Ben's just going to be like, I'll just have all these people killed. Yeah, yeah, fuck it. They're all going <laughs> like, to die. literally what I thought. Like, just, yeah, you're right. That is, that's more or less how he handles this shit. So you're I right. Mean, he Maybe is that seeing is. a lot of, of these these things he's been juggling are starting to kind of resolve whether through his doing or not. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the whole thing with Audrey, the exchange happened and he got both his money and his daughter back and like you know, basically all the top players at his illegal property got killed. It's like, great. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> like, I didn't realize till literally just now how much of, I mean, I knew he was a scumbag and I knew that he was yeah. like a corrupt person. And then, you know, <coughs> there's, the show is trying to, I think without spoilers, I think the show is definitely trying to either hint at or misdirect at other things he may or may not be guilty of so right like, yeah 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 and and but i didn't realize like you said yeah he, he's definitely to me i you know i thought of elmer leonard um just that the i know it's boring ghostwood stuff i i know that it's it's not i know it's important it just bores me on a <laughs> right huge <laughs> level now, yeah but this is where it starts tying into other plots yeah yeah though. i mean yeah. I guess, but like the whole building up of it to me i'm just like 
can't sell it. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know that that's stuff that Lynch usually got into. I mean, I haven't seen all of his films, but... Um, not a lot of real estate chatting. No. Really <laughs> no. Yeah. I really would love to see a David Lynch-directed uh, Elmer Leonard novel now, though. I would love to see David Lynch's take on, like, the big short. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. Um, yeah, so, so this scene uh, is really... It is good. It's, it's well-acted. They're having a good time, you can tell. So... Um, now we're going to go to <laughs> Leo is coming home. Leo's home party. Iconic. Uh, well, it's iconic for sure. It might be a little problematic. <laughs> um, the, even the characters like, meta acknowledge how problematic it is yeah, before do. the end of the they scene, do, so like which is very funny to me. <laughs> but it's also very like ahead of its yeah. time in terms of like, you know, like nowadays if you've had uh, a show with a scene where like a catatonic man is like you know, like, being made the butt of a joke, it's, it's really comes off as super ableist, right? But, like... And, and it would have been done on purpose to be edgy, you know? Yeah, like, it, yeah, yeah. It right. And instead, like, oh. it, it plays to a very strange effect in this particular scene. It's really the good. Um, they're, so, Shelly and Bobby are just parting it up. Leo's got a festive hat on. They have a kazoo in his mouth <laughs> uh, that, it like, makes a noise every so often. They're drinking out of, like, a fake Jake, uh, Jack Daniels bottle. Like, it's not The fake booze on this show continues right. to be some of the worst <laughs> fake booze I have ever this seen rules, in a television though, show. It's definitely, like, the font and structure of the label, but does not say Jack Daniels. It's really funny to me. I so. did not notice that, but I'm now I'm vaguely remembering. So so it's like a knockoff label. Yeah, yeah. 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 They it's don't, like a knockoff they label, and the liquid is clearly, like, flat soda or something. Yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> it doesn't even sort of look like whiskey. They would have to pay Jack Daniels if they used it. Yeah. Like, not, like, I assume he was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so. But you think they get product placement money. I mean, I yeah, don't know. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I don't Jack know Daniels doesn't want to be like, maybe Jack Daniels doesn't want to be like, <laughs> Abuse. <laughs> yeah, they may not have wanted anything to do with that scene. <laughs> if I'm I'm watching the scene right now, if I'm looking at it right, it looks like a Jack Daniels bottle, but the label is ripped off on one side, so you can't. Yeah, it's the like thing, the right? label is like partially defaced. Is essentially yes. what's going yeah. on. With like it. a lot of times in shows, you'll see Coke cans turn the other yeah, way. Right. Yeah, you'll see they don't have money for a fake prop, but they'll yeah, turn yeah. the yeah. Um, so I hate to say this, but. Bobby and Shelly interacting with each other during this scene is like the most I like of them as a couple <laughs> since that hospital scene that I liked where they were like playing with each other. Oh yeah. You know, they were like, oh, you goofball, like I love you. And like, you know, they obviously have these like affectionate things that they do with each other that like establishes that they do have a relationship beyond like bonus. Scamming insurance companies. Scamming insurance companies and having sex four minutes before she needs to be at work or whatever. <laughs> but I think they're like really kind of cute in the scene together, yeah. which is like yeah. kind of like because eh, it's not really like a cute scene. It's it's funny and it's played off as comedic, but but it's like you know, it's not like oh, lovey-dovey. <laughs> it's the show remembering again that they're teenagers yeah yeah yes, yeah, it's yeah very I, I think you've got that exactly right i think yes, it, like the attitude comes through correctly and like they're i there's something of the darkness of them being kind of in over their heads and not really knowing what they're playing at and doing here and then 
you know, which I think helps earn that like attack of conscience they have when he sort of incidentally makes a noise with that kazoo in his mouth or whatever, and then they're suddenly <laughs> very like, oh, oh fuck. Uh, like this is an actual yeah. problem I'm going to have to be dealing with. Yeah, and oh, maybe it's really kind of shitty for us to do this to him, even if he was like a horrible fucking person. Like uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's like, basically. What's that? Oh, just the whole. I mean, the whole journey of Bobby's morality on the show throughout the season. It goes yeah. interesting places. Yeah. yeah. Throughout yeah, all seasons. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby is a, is a top tier character, but it's not really clear at this point why he is. Um, They basically like almost fuck in front of him on the table and then he like, makes that noise and that's what makes him stop. And they're like, this is kind of dark even for us. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, oh, this is like an actual problem. And then like Leo face plants into the cake, which is all like, <laughs> and she, Shelly's like, Bobby, help. Like she does, and he pulls him by the ponytail to like lift his head back up. Yeah. It's very weird. <laughs> Eric DeRay. God bless him. <laughs> he, he, really did, he, he really he did some it. work on this show for <laughs> having did. gotten the uh, job through nepotism. He really put in some effort. He, he has yeah, a lot of travails. he's a good sport. He has yeah. both gone through and will go through before well, this see, is all over. Seeing him now as like a, he's probably in his 50s or maybe even 60s now, I don't know. But he, you know, in, in like cast reunions and retrospectives on the shows like that, he seems like just kind of like a goofy guy. Yeah, you know what? So, yeah. I've said this before. They have um, a clip somewhere. It's like Maury Povich or something, or like Phil Donahue. And they're like, it's the cast of Twin Peaks. Like, when yeah. and was on. And he's like a goofy guy then. He's like, oh, we're yeah. just having a lot of fun on set. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny to see because he's such a shitbag on the show. And he's yeah. like, oh, it's great. It's so much fun. Yeah, because and he's, he's like, either oh. a massive evil person or he's totally catatonic when he's on screen. <laughs> but yeah. he's like so happy to be there. And like, I really, like I'll, find, I'll try to find that clip because I see yeah, it. I think you've talked yeah. about it like almost every single episode we've recorded of no, this show. No, I talked Se- about it like several the first times. episode. Several times. No. Yes. <laughs> Have you talked about the clip of, of him get talking about being um, accidentally a suspect for a minute in some arsons in Los Angeles. Do you know about uh, that? No. Can okay. we, let's do this. Let's let's table that for a second, but that's definitely end of show chat. Yeah. Yes, I will I will be like, sure to find it and send it to you. Let's not yes. forget that, because I yeah. will not know forget. about it. That sounds okay. like content to me. Yeah, that's content. That's content, um, <laughs> So uh, now we're gonna go back to the uh, sheriff's apartment where Gordon is waiting for a coop and Coop walks in and they do this amazing like snap at each other. Yeah. This like uh, this like the classic cop, you son of a bitch, uh, kind of like a meetup thing where like Coop doesn't even look over at him. He just knows he's there and does like this point. It's, it's so funny. Good. And then he says, <laughs> Cooper, at this moment you remind me of a small Mexican chihuahua. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which is just so funny to me. Uh, Lucy's still gone. I noticed it's not like it's not really mentioned or anything. Yeah, somebody at her desk. Like it just thought. We've got, I, we've got a lot of stuff going on right now, but um, we get a reminder that she's not there. Yeah, yeah. Just a quick like they don't they don't say anything, but you can just yeah. 
uh, he wants to speak to Coop privately, so they go into a room where, of course, he screams everything, and, and everyone can hear them. Yeah, and, and it's like they make such a joke out of it. Like they see like, like Harry and I think it's Hawk are outside yeah. of the door, and they kind of just like look shrug at each other. Like, like what? Um, here is where we get a little of this, some more Wyndham Earl stuff that was introduced a couple episodes back. Um, the anonymous letter sent to Pittsburgh from. Uh, it said like P to K four, which is a chess move. Yeah, and which so, will be remarked upon several times by several different characters yeah. within the space. It's of a chess seconds. deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I also, but then he's like, oh, I asked Wyndham Earl, and it's like, okay, <laughs> like we're talking about yeah, the, with the, with the magic words, speaking the mediocre back half of season two into existence. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 hold on again, now. Again, mediocre. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate. <laughs> I enjoy the character of Wyndham Earl, but there's a lot that comes along with this dude that <laughs> that I would prefer not to deal with. He, they set up, they do such a good job, though, of setting him up as Yeah, a, I, that's true. Like, the way threat. they sort of sneak him into the plot is good. It's yeah. Um, what's funny is, like, this is basically exactly what this scene is, is. He's just like, there was an anonymous letter that came, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the scene, Harry's like, guys, we can hear everything you're saying, which I think is really cute. Yeah. And then they're just like, oh, get in here, whatever. <laughs> like, let, <laughs> never mind. Is, it's not secret. The best thing is they let them finish the conversation, which is like something yeah. I would do. Like, I would listen to the whole thing. And then I'd be like, and then oh, go, I'm hey, we can hear you. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of being like, oh, guys, like, just so you know, we can hear you, like, if you're going to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so funny. Um, this next scene I like a lot, too. Um, we go to Ben and Leland talking in the office. Uh, th there's a sound in this scene. We've talked about the sound that Lynch is like sound design and all that. That's always like really good. And there's a sound here and it's like almost like a low, deep hum. Mm -hmm. Like not quite an electrical hum, but like the way like um, like machinery would be. It's very like eraser head in. Mm -hmm. Always like to me implies like, like, something bad is eventually going something's out. going on yeah. there is a presence of something there's here. a presence there and um basically ben's tell i like this scene a lot because of how leland acts leland's like ben's like okay look jerry's like on a trip probably banging his way to europe or whatever no, no he's he's supposedly investigating the tojimura contacts yeah uh, but, but yeah. at some point he's like he's probably but he's like in tokyo or something yeah 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 yeah. his way through Tokyo yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like okay um, and he's like look like I need to know if like basically he's like are you like competent enough to like be my like, is like, your head back in the game yeah like, like can you, you like be my lawyer that you're supposed to be and like my partner here you just uh, pled an insanity defense for murdering a guy and he's like, still <laughs> waiting for his trial yeah, yeah. And his, isn't there a line here where, where Ben's like oh I, I now know a little bit more about what you gone through then he doesn't yeah, yeah. tell him what happened to audrey but yeah yeah but what i like about leland here is i'm sorry i'm still eating cheeses <laughs> i'm so hungry um is the way he's sitting he's just like yeah let me help you this is how we should be doing things and it's very like cognizant coherent like strategic chat right but <laughs> behind him's like an ermine or something yeah <laughs> and he like it's like he's a like, Martin. Not, I think it's a Martin. Yeah. Oh, is it? And he's like, hmm. And then he like starts picking at the fur a bit. And it's like, hey, like Leland, are you with me or what? But also like, that's something I would do. <laughs> <laughs> and just like poke at it. Like, yeah, I'm listening. But also 
And I just thought that was really funny because uh, this scene I just like because, uh, you know, like they're talking about the ghostwood stuff and he's like, what do you suggest? And Leland like has an answer right away. So yeah. he's like back he, to being. Yeah, it's interesting for me from a, what do we think about this character standpoint? Because we've, we've gone through a lot with Leland and we have seen very little of him acting in the capacity that we know him to usually act lawyer, in town. Yeah. yeah, we have seen him go through the grieving process with his daughter very poorly. We have seen him basically murder a guy and like now is attempting to try to get out of that on an insanity defense. And now he's like, all right, I'm back in the game. And it's like, it's on the one hand, you've felt this character's suffering and the kind of darkness around this character for a long time up to this point. Um, and so you feel some empathy for him. So you want to see him back in the game. You want to see him doing well, but it's like, oh wait, the thing that he does is he's an asshole lawyer who helps like enable <laughs> right. this dude who is like a horrible fucking criminal. <laughs> it's like, he's basically a small time crime lord. You want to see him back in the game, but you don't want to see him back in this. Game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it, it leaves you with this really weird feeling of like Leland's back and also, man, that sucks. <laughs> and even the the fox thing that I, I thought it was a, a, a white fox, right? Yeah, it might be. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's <laughs> it, it, so it's it, it, that's a very subtle, like you said, like he's he's in the he's his head's back into it, but also not. And we're gonna see in a minute with, going the, on. with the yeah. singing. But I will say that even spoiler light, the his hand in that fox fur comes back later. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just weird to see all this stuff in retrospect and, and figure out what and stuff you didn't notice and now you know what it means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like the dramatic irony around James and Maddie's last uh, scene that we saw of them talking to each other. Um, you know, it it it's, it it's goes hard. somewhere. It's not just yeah. there. Like, and like, it's, so it's Ray Wise himself wasn't like, hey, whoa, what? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like so, outtakes that they decided like the, things are deliberate a lot of the yeah, time yeah yeah the levels though that it plays on it, it in the scene where with it being kind of funny little comic moment but also speaks to his mental gives you being. something to take with you yeah something of a clue yeah, yeah and and they're very good about even turning the accidental as we've already talked about but turning even the accidental shit into no actually this was important we totally meant to do that. <laughs> we meant that yeah. we meant that <laughs> Yeah, so so basically, okay, great. Like Leland's back in the game, right? Now we got we're gonna go to Josie and Harry, and Josie's like, "Hey, I sold the mill and I'm leaving forever." Yeah, she's <laughs> this is my bag boy. That's yeah, this is my assistant, cousin. Mr. Yeah. Lee. Like, yeah, yeah. So, oh, so he's not your cousin? Oh, so he's not like your boss yeah. or your paramour or whatever the hell he's supposed to be. He's yeah. been like her brother, her um, her cousin, and her limo driver. Yeah. <laughs> like, in the like three episodes. Uh, but she's like, look, it's over. And he's like, you're not leaving. Like, what? And she's like, I have to leave. And yeah, then and, and to be clear, they're like literally walking out with like bags with and boxes bags. and stuff. Like, well, like we're, we're going. And he, like, Harry's like, no, you're not. Like, don't go. And then he tries to pull this move of like, maybe if I like kiss you super good, you won't go. <laughs> and then so he like smooches her and she's like, yeah, okay, bye. <laughs> he's like, he says, no. I love you twice. And she doesn't yeah. say And she just ice cold. <laughs> ice cold walks right out here's the thing though this is where like 
remember way back at the beginning when you were like Josie, like they do this like vaguely sort of racist, like broken English yeah. thing, mm-hmm. thing, and it's like it's this like way back, like when we're right. operating on the presumption that she's, um, and it's like, well, what is this? Like, is this like casual '90s racism or is this something? This is where we like really a hundred and hundred and hundred percent see that it was really just kind of an act, kind of a play, yeah, with Mr. Lee. And like as she's leaving Harry, she says like all this stuff that's like, like basically like you're in my heart, and that's like where you're gonna be, and but everything else doesn't work. But she says it in this like very like English is my second language thing, where like things are like kind of askew. Yeah. Exactly what she says, but I'm like, this is like definitely not a hundred percent meant to be like of vague like microaggression this is her character she's yeah. just like i don't know i'm not from america right. and like but like it's obviously like probably smarter than most of the population. yeah yeah smarter so. than her boyfriend yeah well yeah i mean like, come on though i mean at this point he's got no fucking idea <laughs> yeah um so so definitely was playing that sort of like wallflower like right ask me she wanted people to underestimate her yes exactly or just kind of write her off as like oh she like you know not even from here yeah it's like that snl sketch where uh reagan is in the the white house and he's seeing visitors and he's all genteel reagan or whatever and the minute someone leaves he's like a, a dictator like like really sharp and on everything have you ever seen that the phil hartman reagan one? <laughs> yes yeah also probably <laughs> so, just normal reagan yeah probably actually yeah reagan. well yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> um so yeah so this is uh okay where am i here so we go from here to another uh <laughs> we go we go here to uh ben and mr tojimura i wrote oh god the tojimura yeah, yeah oh no yeah <laughs> it's, oh, it's no. like weird because like we can't even really 100 percent go into why this is so upsetting but so we've got ben dining with uh mr tojimura which is this is the part that triggered the thinking for me because tojimura is like it's like you've got my check and i've got nothing so what's going on here and you know ben's like delay 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 like oh this thing is happening we have to reassess the land because of the fire and so part of this is words that uh leland put in his mouth in the earlier scene um but like with him having forked that money over to um josie already like you know he's no longer you know who knows what's going to happen with it at this point so uh whatever he thinks he has over tojimura he thinks he has something or he wouldn't have done this this way um we get we get more ray wise singing my my note here is <laughs> my note here is intense stuff but don't worry leland is here to sing yeah <laughs> and just take and the pretty much just away. takes the scene uh like <laughs> then ben gets up and is trying to like oh god i don't want another like, scene with what this is like singing? <laughs> i forget uh getting to know you getting to, oh, yeah, know, getting you. to know you yeah getting to know all about you yeah um and he's doing like crowd work yeah, yeah. he's like yeah yeah, yeah. ladies and gentlemen guys from right, right, right here in twin peaks yeah. okay <laughs> like, yeah all the best people are from Twin Peaks. Am I right? <laughs> Whatever. Incredibly um, good. It's so um, good. And what's really even funny is like, <laughs> is like Ben's like, stop. But then he's like, sing it, Ben. And he like, yeah, he gets kind of roped into like, it. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, all right. You can tell he doesn't want to, but he like goes with it. Just like goes with it because making a scene would appear worse for him. Uh, he he has a great. I, I'm not going to skip the other thing that's going on while this is happening, but I, I want to mention this at the end of 
with the singing part, he's like, well, you're going to have a better chance of getting away with this insanity defense now that you've behaved like this in front of everybody. Um, the sing. It's the most normal thing about me. <laughs> it really is. It really truly is. Yeah. Karaoke, whatever. Um, we have Pete at the bar while this is happening. And oh, Tojimura kind of takes the spot next to Pete. Um, you're not from around here, huh? And it's like, there's five people in this town. <laughs> like, why are you saying this? No, of course he's not from around here. <laughs> like, you know everyone who lives here. Um, Pete you know, shows they, they have... a oh, lovable determinedness to just try to make friends with this person, <laughs> like, who obviously does not want to interact with him for a number of reasons, some of which yeah. are immediately obvious and some of which we'll know more about in the future. But, like, he's just str straight up like, oh, do you, can I buy you a beer? No. <laughs> sake, he says first. Can I buy you a sake first? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. I'm like, oh, well, he's worldly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, can I buy you a beer? Then he's like, how about a big glass of milk? And he's drinking like a beer stein of milk. <laughs> he just happens to have on hand a giant beer stein full to the brim with milk. <laughs> it's like perfect Jack Dance weirdness. It's yeah, so yeah, good. beautiful. God bless him. Thank um, God he was in the show as much as he was. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he really, uh, yeah. Really good stuff. I do love the idea of Pete, like, bothering to go to a bar to order a glass of milk. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he was all out at home, so he was like, I'll just go to yeah, the Great Northern. Just go to the Great Northern, see what the action is there tonight. I hear Leland he singing. He just got a call that Leland was singing. He couldn't yeah, get yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, Leland's on at eight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, okay, yeah. So. Oh, there's a great line in here, too. Uh, oh. What, the, what does he say? Uh, uh, um, because it's the other like meta thing that that that's that's uh, talked about in the, the episode. Let's see. Where I'm trying to remember, like when when he's speaking with Pete. Yes. Oh shoot! I'm so sorry. Let me find it really quick. Because it, it was another one of those funny things that couldn't. Did might... it have to do with the king and I? The yeah, oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. yeah, it's when they start talking about the musical and he asks if he likes musicals. Yeah, and he's like, no! <laughs> For every reason <laughs> in the world. Gosh, what is it's he like, say? fuck you, I love musicals. Shut up. But there's a line, I'm so sorry, I had it saved and now I can't. Um, Twin Peaks, Tojimura. Oh, gosh. Something about like the 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 sentimental, like I don't like the. Do you guys remember that part? Oh yeah, it's like I don't like the sentimentality of it for one thing, or something like that, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a thing. I'm not sure exactly what the actual line is, but yeah, um, I didn't write it down. Sorry, I, I had it. It was just a funny thing. I'll, I'll yeah. try to find it later. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, I can always like be like, oh, this is what it was, like on Twitter or whatever. So anyway, um. Let's see. So now we're going to go over to, oh, so now we're back with, with Philip Gerard, right? And this is the good shit. Yeah, this yeah. is the good, this is like, oh, okay, this episode just got like fucking serious. Uh, and he's like, like, I need my medicine. You got to give me my medicine because we all, we know from the earlier episode that like when he is having these sort of attacks, like almost the way like diabetes works, like you need a shot and to like stop it, but uh they have the shot, and what kills me is like Gordon uncaps it, but then it's like, 
I don't think we should give it to him. It's like, well, then why are you fucking uncapping? Yeah, why are you mixing <laughs> it up and uncapping it? And like, it's, right, right. And uh, and so there's like, like straight up like 30 seconds here of back and forth about like, uh, should we give him the shot? Uh, don't give him the shot. Well, if we don't give him the shot, then we see what happens when you don't give him the shot. <laughs> Yeah, it's like wants meds. It's too late. If you give him, like, we won't figure out like what is on the other side of this. That's what Gordon says. Like, if you don't let him like change or whatever, we won't know what right. happens. But as he's like holding the shot, ready to give it to him. Yeah, it's really strange. Um, so basically, what happens is this sort of uh, episode ends with Mike emerging the spirit that is Mike um, or, or whatever, who is inhabiting Philip. Uh, and this is like some, like, I'm not, we're not going to like go line by line for this, but this is so good in the sense that he's talking about Bob, um, you know, from the, have you seen this man poster and how Bob was his familiar and they can't, he can't say where they're from. And Bob uh, is, Oh, he says, Bob, eager for fun. Uh, when you see him smile, everyone run or whatever. It's like a little poem, kind of like the fire walk with me thing. They do that whole uh, fire walk with me. Kind they of do a thing. call and response of that. Yeah. Um, he, he basically likens these like spirits or whatever, for lack of a better word, as like parasites that feed off like a human host. Um, um, could they be the titular demons <laughs> oh shit you're right i didn't even think of that <laughs> i don't because i don't like consider this like demonic or well and, the, and that like, i don't think that word literally ever gets used again in the series i, no. I think it's straight up is just in that title and then um, it goes away from the show um, but it's such a big part of the i mean as the this is the you know i talked about how the show's starting to creep out beyond twin peaks right. but this is like where it starts creeping out i mean there's been the mystical and the dreams right but this is where those big stakes of of you know in this case not heaven versus hell but um some sort of version of that and some sort of sure that's where all this stuff starts to really creep in and by the the end of the run like the whole mythos is so encompassing of like world history and bizarre and yeah and yeah yeah um it, it also has a very like what would usually happen in the first episode of the anime feel to it you know where it's like <laughs> here's the rules they feed off of fear right. and pleasure uh, they do this you know what i mean like extremely like blocking out um you know what sort of governs these entities that we've had a vague sense of their existence up to this point but what is what their whole like deal is <laughs> yeah um, uh yeah I, it's uh it, this is also kind of like the first like oh like there is actually really for sure now a supernatural thing happening i mean uh, yeah. we all know that but this is like like as as viewers but this is like for the characters in the show like there's oh okay like there's like actually this like beyond like yeah you know, like reality of like something weird is happening here, right? And he actually mm -hmm. says he cut off his arm, right? Um, they start talking about God. He's like, I saw the light. It's real like born again, uh, yeah. which is fine. But like, <laughs> and he's like, so I cut off my arm naturally, but I stuck around because I'm trying to like rain Bob in here. And they're like, well, that's nice of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, I wrote 
40 years. So does that mean that he's been doing this for he's, 40 years? I forget. That I forget seems to be the implication. It's very vague the way he says it. It just kind of goes like 40 years. I, I will say there's a very funny moment where like his like flailing episode ends and the mic personality emerges. If you're watching with the subtitles on, it says different voice. Yeah, yes. different <laughs> voice. I so fucking funny. There's a great meta Whoa. moment too. Where he talks about, uh, you know, that uh, only the gifted and the damned that can see yeah, him. When yeah. he says the damned, he looks directly into camera. Yeah, he yeah. Just an extreme yeah. close-up on his eyes. So yeah. with the meta and a great thing of whatever of else voice. Lynch is doing thematically, yes. Yes, yeah, yeah it's good. And the great so, reverb and, and it's such good. a... Yeah. It's, the sound it's, it sounds always so good on the show. It's yeah, it sounds really, really good. Fuck up. It's so good. I, I want to know, because I know and we've kind of talked about the show from this angle um, in the past. Um, you know, when this is running in the 90s and it's kind of prestige television and you've got like, you know, regular ass people <laughs> that are watching yeah. this show that is now like a show that weirdos like us enjoy, right? And <laughs> like, I, I want to know how many housewives or whatever saw the use that use of the term familiar and knew what the fuck that was even supposed to be. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he was my familiar. I mean, I've played Dungeons and Dragons, so I know what right. that context is. But well, I don't this know. Is maybe where, funny to me. where they started losing all those people, right? Yeah, and yeah. I mean, I guess that's yeah. it, right? Yeah. I mean, so people say that, you know, oh, once the, the mystery was solved... Um, that's when America checked out. And that's what that's what conventional wisdom has always said. Mm. But I mean, there was all this stuff like the universe expanding, uh, the the mystery, the the mysticism of it, the the heaven and hell stakes, the you know demons versus angels, basically. Um, and they they they're much more explicit about that in the movie and the, in the third uh, season, but. Um, that's the stuff that I remember about the show. Not, I mean, the small right. town quirkiness, sure. I mean, the small town quirkiness is what like made up the the parodies of it and the knockoffs of it, but they didn't really get into this stuff. Yeah, well, I, and I think I think that foundation of the sort of small town stuff and how it grounds you in a world and gives you characters that you care about and have various levels of investment in. I mean, I, I think that's what kind of makes this stuff work at the end of yeah. the day, you know, like, even though it's not, it, you know, it's conceptually the smallest part of the show, but it's, uh, you know, emotionally, it's the biggest part of the show is the yeah. small town element, you know? So I, th I think those things working in concert, it, it's when those two things are working in concert well, that the show works is yeah. in my mm -hmm. opinion. I, I, I just I just realized that um, I've never thought of it in Lovecraftian terms, and I feel kind of pretentious even saying that because I don't know a whole lot about H.P. Lovecraft, you know. But I mean, I recommend that you choose not to. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, I heard <laughs> but there are certainly Elder Gods. Yeah, yeah. Play here, right? Sort yeah. of like yeah. like this sort of cosmic horror style thing. Yeah. If we want to just call it that, right. instead. But that's all um, like small town New England, right? Yeah. So yes. yeah, more or less. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. it is. <laughs> Colleen would know. You know all about that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> um, this this whole kind of episode ends with uh, him implying that uh, Bob is somewhere close by, 
and the way he structures it is like, you know, like faces upon faces upon faces in one building with many rooms. So obviously they're like, he's at the Great Northern. Yeah, Let's yeah. go figure that out. And that's basically how the episode ends. Yeah, with, it's that yeah. great sound cue and yeah. the, the establishing with the And it shows the thing yeah. with the yeah. with the waterfall, which is yeah, really, yeah. really good. And that's so where are we going to go from here? The next episode, Lonely Souls, will go to the Great Northern. Go to the Great Northern. <laughs> uh, next episode's a little important in terms of narrative. Uh, so we're going to try to get to that before the end of the year so that we um, can end on a sort of high note, <laughs> so to speak. It's not really. <laughs> um, yeah. So any final type of. Oh, wait. You know what? Aiden has something to say. Let me go get him. <laughs> oh, our boss. Yeah, our boss. I, I, while, while Colleen does that, just really quick, the, the, the thing about Bob eager to play or, oh, he is eager for fun. He is Bob yeah, eager for yeah. fun. Yeah. I believe the president of ABC at that time was Robert eager, Bob eager. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Who would later go on to run Disney, I think. Oh, but that's Bob Iger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it works. I mean, look, he's <laughs> he's a strange man. That <laughs> he really is. <laughs> Here comes Aiden. Here comes Aiden. He has some thoughts on Harold. Hold on one sec. All right. Come here, Bob. Good. Yo, fuck Harold. He's a clown. That's <laughs> <laughs> off. Is that, thank you for contributing, Aiden. <laughs> he is annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Aiden. <laughs> It's just like, uh, he just hates him so much. Now, that is the kind of insight you get on the uh, Drunk Monkeys log casting for. Right? <laughs> yes. Fuck him, I hope he dies. It's really something I say 15 <laughs> times a day about various people. So, um, so yeah, any like final thoughts, really? Uh, we were, I said, let's go back to, there was something. Yeah. I found, I found, um, the quote, by the way, Pete asks Tojamar if he likes musicals, to which he simply answers, I find adherence to fantasy troubling and unreasonable. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, that yeah. is good. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's right. <laughs> good little meta line. And then um, I was going to find out about Eric DeRay as uh, being mistakenly detained as the Hollywood arsonist. <laughs> uh, he was detained. <laughs> He does suspect. have an arson face, to, to <laughs> right. be honest. He, he happened to be in the area where the authorities were closing in on the person of interest. Um, he was let go because it wasn't him. Um, so I sent you uh, a, a link to that article and the, the YouTube interview with Eric DeRay, which also mentions that his father was Aldo Ray, who was famous for his roles with Humphrey Bogart, Spencer Tracy, Catherine Hepburn, and many others. Now, was this the Hollywood arsonist that was around like probably five years ago? Yeah. Or this is like old? Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, shit. They, so, like, they set a fire recently. on my block, actually. Very recently. When oh, I was living really? in North Hollywood. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. That was scary. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Poor Eric. Not, uh, Mr. Eric DeRay. Yeah. Poor goofy Eric. He's like, it's not me. <laughs> I promise. They're like, we saw you on that show. Yeah. <laughs> it's no good. <laughs> down the middle. Right. Yeah. Oh, I've got yeah, one tape burning a building down. <laughs> you even try to kill someone, so don't even try it, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any producer corner info? Uh, yeah, well, uh, for you, Colleen, I thought you would appreciate this. You you asked out loud whether uh, Leslie Linka Gladder had any NYPD blue work. Well, yes, she does. Um, <laughs> she directed. <laughs> she directed the episodes "A Sudden Fish." 
um, and serves the concierge uh, back in 94. Um, I'm going to give you the Sipowitz um, through lines there, so that might help you uh, uh, know which episodes these yeah. are. One, um, Sipowitz has to defend his son from a charge of drug pushing. Does this sound familiar to you? Um, and Sipowitz also, in this other one, looks into the robbery of a wheelchair-bound Vietnam veteran who later takes his muggers hostage. Yeah. So that's it. Okay. Yeah, she did hey, yeah. direct two episodes of NYPD Blue. I am a huge NYPD Blue fan. It's like the only propaganda besides Twin Peaks that I allow in that. <laughs> <laughs> and Die Hard, I guess. Like, right. that's kind of propaganda, right? <laughs> so. Oh, and I thought we'd also take just a few minutes. Hub, uh, we know obviously you're a big fan, but when did you get into Twin Peaks? When I was... You, know, you just it. were watching it from the beginning. I, so yeah. yeah, it premiered what 1989 or 1990. Um, I think it premiered in yeah. 90, shot in 89. Yeah, or yeah something. right, right, right. So I mean, I yeah, I just went right to it, I, and I don't know why. Um, but you know, I like I said, I I watched it. I got the I, eventually. I would I would go to um, Hollywood Video or whatever it was called. What was that place called? <laughs> yeah, Hollywood mall, Video, mm -hmm. and get get them on the the on all on cassette video cassette um the the laura palmer book some of the unofficial books um i think oh wait in the mall suncoast suncoast was what it suncoast was. suncoast yes. sam goody <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly um yeah and it, it, the funny thing is that i mean I, I i didn't really care for the movie um I, I i think a lot of people a lot of fans would even say that it was not what they necessarily wanted or were expecting um, it kind of makes sense now in the, I'm a really huge fan of the, the third season, which I watched, yeah. uh, I watched it a, a little after the hype had already died down when I was able to have access to Showtime or whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but having watched it all in one kind of fell swoop, I, I, I see its influence on a lot of things, a lot of pop culture, maybe even in things I've written, you know, um, mm. and, and continue to write fiction wise, I, I can see the influence there um of of especially that that threshold between that that cosmic threshold between these mortals in in the small town and what what lies in the beyond um <laughs> i love that and and I, I think twin peaks was my first uh it was like twin peaks and punk rock at the same time as i was <laughs> 11 or 12 or 13 you know <laughs> like that's all kind of swirling in my head at, at an impressionable age Excellent. And pro wrestling, of course. That's, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Big pro wrestling fans over here. Yeah. <laughs> There's actually a pro wrestler named Bray Wyatt who wrestles as the Fiend, and his mm -hmm. stuff, like all his uh, Firefly Funhouse stuff, is very Twins Peaks. Yeah, very Twin Lynchy. Peaks yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's right down to the demonic possession. So. Mm -hmm. Hate when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate when I don't inject my weird blue gunk and then I turn into a demon. Yeah. Sucks. I, I, well, I really I, hope they return to this universe sometime, but I guess they've said all they have to say about it, especially with the yeah. last books. I yeah. Plus everybody I really, keeps dying. So I, I really I really don't feel like there should be anything that comes after the final moment of yeah. episode or of season three. Like there that really I, I think it leaves just the right amount of stuff like up in the air, but also resolved. Um, I I feel like any further exploration of yeah. that is going to 
tip that balance. Yeah. yeah. And without spoiling it, doesn't it kind of, I mean, I'll say this. So like, I, I'm not, I'm not as familiar with Stephen King as I might seem like I am based on the references I've made today, but my understanding. You haven't is... shut up about it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but the gunslinger thing, the dark, what was that? The dark, the dark tower. Yeah. yeah. Dark tower. Doesn't that kind of end where it began? Uh, a little bit. Um... <laughs> or, or, you know, or, or anything. I mean, even like the Joker scene in the Dark Knight where he says, I can see us doing this forever. Yeah, Just yeah, kind yeah. of that idea of mm -hmm. it's yes, always yeah. going to be the darkness versus the light. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just like the end of True Detective. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it, it definitely fits in that pantheon. Yeah. This yeah. is part of a bigger struggle that will always, has always been and always will be. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of, it's cool that they, they did it the way they did it. Yeah. Um, even if, with its missteps like Tojimura and James. <laughs> There's a lot of missteps. <laughs> we'll get to them eventually. Coming. It's coming. They're coming. Well, I guess that's probably it, right, guys? Not anything else? Mm -hmm. All right. Well, tune in next time. It's an important episode. So. Oh, thanks. sorry. Sorry. I, I realized I forgot something because I never miss an opportunity to... <laughs> talk about when the show reminds us that nadine has super strength oh. and it happened earlier when when in the like kind of flirty kind of awkward scene with ed where she like gives him like a playful like little jab to the gut and he reacts like he's just got hit with a brick or something he's like, like doubles over <laughs> you know they i feel like they did, did any of that ever pay off with nadine and the super strength Oh, oh boy. That really depends on how you uh, define payoff. <laughs> we're, 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 I've made it such a crucial part of the conversation here that we will have no choice but to discuss it. Oh, However, man. we choose to handle the middle season two episodes. Fritz, Fritz is looking forward to discussing that, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Funny how much... It's funny how much, even as a fan, I don't remember. And, and definitely, like, the <laughs> You know, that happens, though. So that's, much that's one of those things where your brain protects you from traumas, you know? <laughs> it's like when you give birth <laughs> and you forget. It's like, that wasn't that bad, I don't think. <laughs> and then you do it again. There's like, this particular hell? shot that has just in, been in my brain forever. And I know Colleen knows what I'm talking about, but about the way that about a thing that Nadine does in the future with the super strength that is just the stupidest looking thing I've ever seen on television. And it's so frustrating. Oh, is it involved the word corkscrew? Uh, I don't think we're talking about the same thing, but she that's doesn't the thing that sticks in my things. head. And then a cheerleading practice. That's what I Yeah, would. yeah, that, that whole scene and various things that happen in that scene. It's brutal. All right. Well, I guess on that note, we will. <laughs> a lot to look forward to. Sorry, we spoiled that Nadine is going to go to cheerleading practice. That was a big, big ass spoiler there. Uh oh. Well, I mean, she's been in a cheerleading like getup like for yeah, the whole yeah. time, anyways. They're going to let her do it. <laughs> That's the spoiler. <laughs> All right. So join us next time for the episode. And besides that, have a good holiday season. If this goes before. And I am Colin Carney Hefner. I'm Chris Pruitt. Uh, I am Hub, and thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for being on. Yeah, thank, thank you for buddy. coming. Talk to you soon. Bye. 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 Bye.
I'm not at liberty to reveal the nature of my work. This secrecy pains me from time to time. Any bureaucracy that functions in secret inevitably lends itself to corruption. Go into why this is so upsetting, but I have a question about this. And if and we, you can edit it out if you need me to stop, right? Like spoiler stuff. Yeah, yeah sure. Okay. Okay. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. That way, Matt. Knows. <laughs> well, I don't know if you can talk about. Okay, Tojimura. There is a an actor credited with playing Tojimura. Yes. Oh yeah, that's that. right. That's right. Have, have yeah. we talked about that on the show? No, I, I don't think we've talked about it because I don't want to talk about yeah, why. We don't <laughs> want to talk about the reveal uh, yet. So yeah, yeah. right, so right. Well, well, well I, okay. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I just I want to. Okay. Well, I mean, we could you could save it. Well, what we can do? Uh, let's do this. Um, let's let's talk about it now. But I'll I have this edit point. We'll throw it at the end of the episode with a spoiler warning. Like we okay. did with Meredith. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. That's okay. I just I had found this out for the first time, and I I I sent this over to y'all the other day. Where I saw it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tojimura was was credited, um, and the actor the the rest of the cast was told this is a a classically trained actor from Japan who has only worked <laughs> with who has only what? worked with Akira Kurosawa, <laughs> and. I and, totally and, meant to send that to you, Matt and Chris. Like, it wow. messaged oh it God. to us on the Twitter, and I was the, like, I should send this to them. And the rest of the cast was not was basically told to leave him alone, and but the cast knew was something something was up. Something was up. Yeah, and they obviously. thought, <laughs> and they thought, they, yeah, they, they thought, oh, David Lynch is sneaking in his friend Isabella Rosalini. Oh, okay. And which I and and the, the real person behind Tojimura, um this was all in an interview with that person um, that, that I, I, I found that out. And so I just thought that was really funny to think about them all on the set. That is really funny. It's <laughs> funny because now that I look at the makeup here, it's Isabel, I could see that yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah. It, it's um, like you can tell something's not right. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Clearly. Yeah. I meant to send it and I will send it, but, but I'm going to wait to tweet about that. It's yeah, probably, yeah. probably the very like reveal. Yeah. That's what I wasn't sure, but I didn't. Yeah, it's like, I just, I don't <laughs> want to get into, we know this isn't the actor because then that inherently says, oh, okay. So gotcha. it, it, it points Something's the finger up, a little yeah. too much. But, but man, yeah. it's just, uh, this. I when I read that anecdote, I was like. That's really funny. I had not heard that one before. <laughs> yeah, neither did I. Not in 30 years that had I seen that till now. <laughs> okay, end spoiler tag.